Hello, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, where our hope is to dig a little bit deeper into that week's sermon, so that way we might just dig a little bit deeper into Judah's heart. We yes. really need Judah to, to, to he, do yeah, better. He needs to get this one. Yeah, he, he needs to, to get... Anyway, <laughs> we're glad y'all joined us. We're going to dig more into Judah in just a second. But until then... If you don't know who I am, my name is Chris Brown, and I'm the associate pastor here. My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the discipleship minister here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm Judah. I guess I need to dig more into this sermon. Yeah, oh. pretty much. <laughs> All right, Jude, we'll come back to you. What are you this week? Discipleship minister. Discipleship minister. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's, let's just tally it up here. We got connections minister. We've got care minister. Mm-hmm. We've got outreach minister. We've got facilities manager and now discipleship minister. <laughs> How much more can we can we get you to do? Buckle up. <laughs> You'll have to uh, watch again next week mm-hmm. to find out. You let us know in the comments, what other roles does Jacob have? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, what other roles does Jacob need? <laughs> oh, that too. What do you want Jacob to do? Like in your perfect world, what do you see Jacob doing up here let us know like, in the he, comments. Can he come to our house and maybe mow? There's a couple things to take care of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's care minister. You're caring for... That's not what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Judah, this sermon isn't specifically geared at you. I guess if it applies to you, then then that's great. But, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the sermon's about? No idea. No idea. <laughs> You were there. I'm the, wait, I'm the control group, okay? I purposely don't know or take notes. You that. ran sound. <laughs> Judah ran sound on Sunday. That's I true. think he knows. I think, hopefully he knows. Hopefully he was listening some. I this, have a verse right here. Okay, yeah, the, okay, good. Um, this week, uh, Pastor Lee taught on pro-life. It's a pro-life sermon. Um I think it's the last Sunday of of January is kind of the National Pro-Life Sunday. I I don't know what they call it. Uh, But we do our stay of the church on that day. Uh, And so uh, it usually gets pushed uh, a few weeks back. But this is the week. Uh, Celebrating the God of Life is the the title of the sermon. And, um, yeah, any opening thoughts? Um, Or do you want to save them for the the thing? Well, just generally... Uh, I think it's important to, uh, you know, to remind ourselves uh, that God is uh, is um, the God of life, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we, obviously we're going to get into it. But I think uh, just reaffirming some of those things that uh, we believe that you know Scripture clearly teaches is uh, is a good thing for us, mm-hmm. especially with all the. Uh, even as Pastor Lee got into it, all the the things that the world throws at us and mm-hmm. says about. Uh, live or anything else, yeah. <clears throat> right? So, yeah, um, reaffirming those things that that uh, the Bible uh, articulates clearly mm-hmm. to us is is important to do. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, you might have the thought of I'm preaching to the choir, right? It's mm-hmm. like you know we're in a church, we all think this way, we we all believe this way. Uh, which one is a dangerous assumption? Yeah, <laughs> um, yes, it is to have. Uh, but two, um, what I find with in the realm of like apologetics, which this would probably roughly fall into in terms of like how we how we uh, deal with it in culture, mm-hmm. um, it's good to remind yourself of 
why you believe what you believe. Uh, because what will happen is as you go into the world, you're just constantly flooded with the opposition's viewpoint. Oh, yeah. Um, like it, even like TV shows, it, it used to be TV shows were like would dance around the subject. And now, like, newer TV shows are just like pretty straightforward. Don't about, care. Here we like, go. Like, uh, I remember uh, watching Friday Night Lights. Uh, if y'all have ever seen that TV show, it's great. Um, but there's one season uh, where a girl gets pregnant and the the counselor at her school uh, gave her all the options, including like keeping the baby in a, like a pregnancy help center. And, uh, oh, what? no, sorry, sorry. I'm backwards. Uh, gave her all the options, including an abortion center. Uh, and uh, the parent was like very upset, but it was like very like clear that the, the direction of the show was leaning towards, no, this, this girl has the right to do this. And it's like basically, very much pushing that that thing. Anyways, all that say is, uh, it's very easy to like constantly hear the opposition's viewpoint of this. And what can happen is, if you're not reminding yourself of your own viewpoint, you can quickly slip into, wait, why, what? Like, like they're making yeah. some good points. Why, why am I on this side? And so it's good to kind of rally the troops, remind ourselves why we believe what we believe, so that way we can. Uh, have a better uh, apologia or defense for why we believe what we believe. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And then what do we do with it? Yeah. And then what do we do with it? Judah, you have any opening thoughts? Yeah. I think that's why we have birthdays. (laughs) Elaborate. Celebration of life, you know? Okay. I got got you. Yeah. Yeah. Gifts and... I thought it was a uh, reminding yourself why you believe what you believe. Uh, so it's like I have a birthday to remind myself that I am in fact alive. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's my sister's birthday in like a couple of days. I've forgot which day, but happy birthday, Esther! Yeah, nice, nice brownie points. Yeah. There we go. But yes, that's a good point. Uh, we have birthdays to remind ourselves um, that we celebrate life. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay. <laughs> Pause. Wait. Have you seen that video of that? Like she's got to be like a great grandmother, maybe even a great great grandmother, and she's got a birthday cake, and she's turning like ninety two or something like that, and they're like, "Happy birthday, grandma!" And she's over there all like, "Yeah, gee, thanks. I hope it's my last one." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, like I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Lord, take me. That's basically what it sounded <laughs> yeah. like. It's going to be interesting to see what what life is like when you get get older. Um, there's been times in my life where I've had that viewpoint, <laughs> where it's like, Lord, if you take me now, like it's okay. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to complain. Uh, I'm kind of in a time in my life now where, I, you know, uh, if Lord take me now, uh, then I'm sure I'll be rejoicing in heaven. But I want Him to keep me here for a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious as, as what at what age. Does that start to shift? And you're like, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the arthritis. Yeah. 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 I've had enough. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, sermon, celebrating the God of life, uh, taking a look at uh, why we believe what we believe. And there's a few disclaimers before we get into it uh, that Lee wanted to, to communicate, is that this sermon and this topic is not meant to condemn anyone, mm-hmm. which I think is very important. Um because there's there's a spectrum across the board of people who deal with this issue. Yeah. Um, so all the way over here, you've got young girls, maybe even like older girls, um, who are in a 
tricky situation. Mm-hmm. And they have no maliciousness in their heart. They're just scared, and they don't know what to do. And and they get bad advice, and they start to contemplate, okay, should I abort this baby? Uh, I think I think there's that end of the spectrum. All the way to they know exactly what they're doing. They don't care. They're using it as a glorified birth control uh, kind of option. Um, they're smiling while they do it mm-hmm. kind of thing. There's a spectrum there. And what I don't want to do is the people who are scared and just make bad decisions and get bad guidance, I don't want to like overly demonize them. I, I want to hold them accountable and, and help move them towards um, good decisions. But don't want to like kick them to the ground and beat them up because a lot, a lot of times people who – are in that camp and do go through an abortion are already beating themselves up mm-hmm. because like uh, the, the video that we watched on Sunday, you had that lady who is on the abortion table and she was like crying. Yeah. All she done like is, is one of those things that like she didn't like what she was doing. Um, but at the same time she's doing it. And so, so there, so, so Lee wanted to make the disclaimer that we're not here to condemn the past is in the past. If you've repented of that sin, God has separated you from that sin. And so the goal isn't to condemn. The goal is to um, basically build. What does God think about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think cool. it's an important disclaimer. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's all there's all sorts of uh, um, nuances, you know, and things that go into this. You know, as far as the spectrum of people mm-hmm. goes. Um, but uh, but I agree. Uh, uh, you know whether you're on this side of that spectrum or that side of the spectrum, right? There is uh, uh, there is going to be accountability mm-hmm. right, at some point, and so I think I do think that um, you know speaking uh, truth, right, uh, gospel truth into people's lives that have uh, you know that have that in their past is uh, is the best way forward, right? Because there's mm-hmm. redemption mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Very much. All right. So with that disclaimer, let's get into it. The passage is Jeremiah 1, verse 4 through 5. You want to read that? Yep. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. All right. So that's kind of the the key passage that we're going to hone in on a little bit. Uh, but before we get into that, I forgot to uh, <laughs> I forgot to recap the points uh, for the sermon. So again, the sermon is celebrating the God of life, um, uh, reminding us why we believe what we believe uh, around this issue. And here's the three points. Um, one is uh, know that God is the author of life. Two, remember the golden rule. And three, act for change. <coughs> no, remember act. All right, so this first one, um, know that God is the author of life. And we saw in that verse uh, that we just read mm-hmm. uh, that in this weird uh, power of God that we can't understand, God knows Jeremiah and presumably us. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we were even formed in the womb, God knew us. <laughs> How do you explain that? Well, um, Pastor mentioned God's uh, transcendence, mm-hmm. um, and so that's uh, you know that's definitely uh, at play here. Uh, at the same time, it's not just that you know before God had formed Jeremiah in the womb, He knew him. But it also said you know, hey, even before you were born, 
uh, I consecrated you. Like mm-hmm. he, he's got a job to do. And mm-hmm. this is even before he's born or even before he's, uh, he's a thought, really. It's uh, Jeremiah is going to go and he's going to be a, uh, my prophet to the nations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, uh, so it's, that, like, it's not just I knew you, but it's like I have a plan yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Like God has ordained this, uh, this you know, this plan, and Jer- this is how Jeremiah fits into it. Like mm-hmm. he's, um, or maybe that might not even be the right, right way to word it, uh, but God has determined that Jeremiah is going to be his prophet, mm-hmm. even before Jeremiah is a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. uh, to think about. Yeah, and so that kind of, and we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit, um, but it's my fault because I skipped to that verse. <laughs> um, uh, Lee wanted to point out a few different things in knowing that the God is the author of life, and one of those things is exactly what you said, that that God knows us and has a plan for us even before that we're mm-hmm. born, um, even more so when we're created yeah. uh, and in the womb. And so uh, this kind of starts to... Go against the the argument that um, a baby isn't a human or a, a life until they're actually born, and what a silly thought, yeah. right? Um, it's so I'm reminded of that Romans one passage where it says, uh, "Claiming to be wise, they became fools." Mm-hmm. And I think I think there's a lot of that in this in this debate where um, you have academics who are leaning so heavy into their academic side uh, and the science, quote unquote scientific side of this, that they've convinced themselves that what's inside a womb isn't life. And it's like, do you hear how silly you sound right, right now? Like, like the mental gymnastics that you're having to do to convince others that what's going on in here isn't life. Where like, if we were to go to Mars and find like one atom or one cell, uh, We'd be like, oh, we found life on Mars. It's like, what, what's that? Right. <laughs> it's, it's just, I find it silly. Yeah, um, and, and it's totally arbitrary. Yeah. The, uh, you know, where, you know, the people who are pro-abortion draw the line, um, like, oh, it's at the moment of birth is when life begins. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, uh, based on what? Like, what are the criteria? Well, viability and, the, you know, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. And... I love the the sort of counter argument to that. It's like, well, is a two week old baby viable without right. its parents? Yeah. Like, the answer is no. Yeah, uh, Ben Shapiro makes this argument all the time that if you go to viability, okay, let's draw viability across the entire spectrum. Yeah, like you said, like so, like the two week old is it viable on its own? Of course not. Is a ninety year old uh, who is on hospice care viable on their own? No. Is someone who is on an artificial lung viable on their own? No. Right. Is someone who's in a coma viable on their own? No. And so it's like, okay, you're right. You're, you're drawing an arbitrary line at the womb. Yep. Uh, and, and then if you try to – so medical advancements. Uh, both my kids were born prematurely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a few weeks. I've known ones uh, – we have friends that they were born what, like, like 20-something Super weeks early. Yep. early. And we have medical technology to make them viable, mm-hmm. um, it, which is incredible. It is. Um, yeah. uh, so th- theoretically, or technically speaking, if we're going to go by the viability argument, we should push that back, right? Yep. Um, 
nope, <laughs> nope. that's not what, what happens yeah right and uh, and oh man the uh yeah and really the most the most consistent position has to be life begins at conception mm-hmm. that's where it has to mm-hmm. it has to be and uh, anything past that is arbitrary like oh well, you know that we have a you know six weeks we'll give it six weeks and then after six weeks then there's an abortion ban that's in place so I, well no that's really not acceptable mm-hmm. um, because again that's just that's a totally arbitrary line like mm-hmm. what about before that uh, it's uh, in act the science is on the, the uh, uh, pro-life side if you want to call it that mm-hmm. right like pretty clearly you have a unique set of DNA you have uh, elements of life uh, that are there even super early right no, from the get-go far from like a blob yeah. of cells so, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of you know, like heartbeats and the oh, other like was, met- uh, yeah, metrics the, the, I think like the DNA yeah, aspect yeah. of it though was yeah, like from the very beginning yeah that's right uh, it's the it's on a unique set of DNA mm-hmm. um, and genetics yeah and that's right yeah uh, and even a uh, well yeah yeah let's we yeah. keep going and so uh, scientifically uh, <coughs> philosophically um, it all is very silly, very quick, um, and arbitrary on that. And so it's, it's very much, um, it, it's recognizing that there is a life in there. And, and I wish that we were just honest, we were just honest about this. And, uh, and some are hor- horrifically honest. Right. Um, but for the longest time, uh, this argument has gone into, it's like, well, we really don't know if it's life. And it's like, Okay, first off, you don't need a medical degree to realize that there's life going on in there. Right. Um, and, and this is where I really do appreciate the Bible and, and some of the insights that it gives us, and obviously the, the story of John and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both John and Jesus are in the womb, and Elizabeth, uh, John's, sorry, Mary, Jesus' mother, comes to visit Elizabeth, John's mother. Both are in the womb, and it says that John leaped for joy when recognizing that the uh, that Jesus was near them, and so you have a, a story in the Bible um, showing that these two have autonomy going on even within the womb. And again, we don't need a Bible story to know that, right? right? It's like uh, there's a reason that anytime a woman's pregnant, all the other women want to come up and feel their belly yeah. and you know feel the kick and <laughs> you know the heartbeat and all that. Yeah. Um, Claiming to be wise, we have become fools mm-hmm. in this. Or at least back in the day, they were honest about it. Yeah, um, it's like if they're going to sacrifice their kids to Molech, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyways, uh, I remember. So, so one note about the on on when to do the uh, abortion uh, or, or when to do abortion bans. Um, so on the far side, it's like up to birth, yeah. which is like. Pretty even wild. partial birth. Partial birth. Yeah, it was at New York. Mm-hmm. Um, that video. Do you see that video after they passed it? It was uh, like one of the saddest videos. Maybe I don't ever. think I saw that one. That's probably okay. You know. Well, so it's um, it was the the Senate or or whoever sets the laws and <coughs> I don't know why I start coughing whenever we start recording. <laughs> um, it was the Senate or whoever in the state of New York passed. Uh, a law to where you can have a, an abortion up until birth or something like that, yeah. or, or maybe even partial birth abortions. And after it got passed, the entire room was clapping and cheering. And I'm like, just take a step back and like think about what you're clapping for mm-hmm. right now. It's like, even if you believe that this is like a necessary evil, 
um, for the rights of women, it should still be like a somber moment, right? It's uh, the old, uh, I think it was Hillary Clinton uh, motto was um, abortions should be safe, legal, and rare, mm-hmm. right? And it's like clapping for partial birth abortions goes well beyond safe, legal, and rare. Right. Um, that's You're openly cheering for this, right. uh, which and, is very sad. And it's even more clear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's no dancing around that, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and if you want to do mental gymnastics about, you know, a, you know, I don't know, 15-week-old uh, baby in the womb and uh, an abortion done on that, you know, you might be able to do some mental gymnastics mm-hmm. to tap dance around that, mm-hmm. but partial birth, like no. <laughs> There's, yeah. uh, All of the previous arguments that they would have are out the window, yeah. and now you're just advocating for just killing the child, yeah, uh, a straight murder, yeah, and, uh, which uh, is wild. Yeah. Um, anyways, back to the the, the theology yeah. and the yeah. point of yeah. it is that God is the author of life. So we've <laughs> already seen in Jeremiah one that God knows us before we're even formed uh, and has a plan for us before we're even formed. Genesis 127, God created man in his own image. He created uh, him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Uh, one thing that I love that the the creation story gives us is that God created us uniquely different mm-hmm. than everything else. Everything else he's spoken to being and humans he formed and breathed into mm-hmm. life, um, which kind of, which again... We don't need science and we don't need theology. We could just use our common sense to realize that Judah has more worth than a dog, right? It's funny. Um, I, I'll disagree. I oh, disagree. You you yes. think a dog is worth no, more than no, Judah? No, 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 no. no, no. Wow. That, that, we <laughs> that we don't need theology for that. Judah, I am so sorry, man. <laughs> I think I think oh, you're gosh. worth more than a dog. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I think so too. I would but, put down Jacob's dog for you. You will not. <laughs> <laughs> that is a situation that would never come up in a million years. But anyway, but if uh, it did, would you? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Just, just making sure. <laughs> yes. No. What I meant to say was, uh, like, if you look at at uh, history, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, let's take the let's take the Aztecs mm-hmm. uh, as an example. Right, they would go out and conquer other native peoples, right? And they'd take prisoners and they'd bring them back to their uh, to their capital city, and they would they would sacrifice like tens of thousands of those people. Sometimes within the span of just like a few days, mm-hmm. uh, it could be fifty thousand victims, right? To mm-hmm. this to sacrifice, and uh, y- you know, so I think. Uh, in a lot of ways, the rest of the world, if you look at history, without theology, without mm-hmm. Christian, biblically-based theology, um, there is a, a general disregard for human life. Gotcha. So, uh, so Molech, think of yeah. the, mm-hmm. the kids being uh, sacrificed, like for what, right? Oh, for prosperity mm-hmm. and a good harvest, we're mm-hmm. going to sacrifice our kids. It's like, so... Even in that action, what they're doing is they're saying that this human life is worth less than us having a good mm-hmm. harvest. Um, slavery is another great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that one's uh, obviously uh, you know a little bit uh, trickier because there were Christian nations that had slavery, right, mm-hmm. um, and and things like that. But um, it's ultimately in those uh, in those places that 
right, we've gotten past slavery, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's because of theology. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, I think you know, and as soon as you you have Christianity introduced into some of these places, like Rome, for example, ancient Rome. We just thought about Rome. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, things began to change, right? They they look and see, oh, these babies that might have been left to die out um, uh, due to exposure to the elements that weren't deemed worthy of life. Uh, these Christians are going behind us and picking them up and adopting them and raising them, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Like, what is it about these Christians mm-hmm. then, right? And it's this belief, this fundamental belief yeah. that, yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So would you say that the 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 reason that we're even having this conversation on a political societal level is because of the holdover of Christianity, uh, or at least Christian thinking? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So we do need theology. Absolutely. Uh, um, no, I, I wish you were right. Like, yeah. I, I, want, I want it to be the other way. Yeah. Right? It should be so self-evident that, yeah, life has value. Like, this is, uh, like, this is God, one of God's goals in creation is life, mm-hmm. right? Um, even, and that's why I love uh, Genesis 1 and 2, right? The, the, you have the garden scene. God creates heaven and earth. He fills it. And he creates everything in it. And it's like, okay, uh, he tells Adam, he puts Adam and Eve in the garden, hey, work and keep the garden, uh, you're going to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. It's like, where does death fit into that picture? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's no death. Mm-hmm. That's the wonderful, it's like, it's all about life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, even from the very, very beginning, this is a goal. Right? And then, yeah. you know, you look in, especially uh, John's gospel, uh, really throughout scripture, but then in, in Revelation, right, the goal is... Uh, is life uh, is not death, right? And so, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, anything dealing with death is antithetical to uh, to God's plan and purpose for uh, for creation. Yeah, and you even see uh, in this aspect of God gave life, God gave made man in the image of God. Um, therefore, God values life. You even see uh, after the flood when God's talking to Noah in Genesis nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, whoever sheds human blood by humans, uh, his blood shall be shed, for God made humans in his image. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, don't kill. Don't kill yeah. each other, yeah. uh, for God made man in his image. Now, one caveat to that, because some people use that to say, like, okay, therefore, war shouldn't happen ever. Um, uh, 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 cor- corporal punishment, is that what it's called? Uh, or de- death penalty? Um, uh, capital punishment. Oh, sorry, yeah, ca- yeah. capital punishment. Um, should never happen. I think other scripture would uh, not create an exemption to this, but obviously God gives governments a level of authority for yeah. justice. Right. And so so I think God is okay with um, death happening in the name of justice. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the, the conquest of Canaan, right? Mm-hmm. God commanded the Israelites to go in and wipe out the Canaanites. Mm. <laughs> uh, and that was, uh, I mean, they were uh, an extremely wicked people, mm. right? And this was God's judgment on them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, I think, uh, and there's a reason that in the Ten Commandments, it's thou shalt not murder. Yeah. Right? Like, what is murder? It's Compared like, to just killing. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so that, that's a verse where, so God created us in the image of himself, and then we see in a verse later, because of that image, therefore, you shouldn't kill each other. You shouldn't shed blood on each other. And that would very much apply to the, the justice exemption to that. 
certainly would never apply to a baby. Right? Correct. A baby hasn't done anything, right? right? Um, How dare that baby? <laughs> uh, you know, Bill, uh, uh, we need something in the shuffle's deck. That, that, be an inconvenience. Right? <laughs> that baby made me throw up. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. so, yes, we see um, God created us. Um, well, let's get through this uh, so that we can move <laughs> on. This point. Um, uh, we also saw... Uh, as, as Lee talked about, that God loves us. We saw in Jeremiah uh, that God um, has a plan for us. Mm-hmm. And all these put together shows us that God values life. Yes. Um, yeah. And if God values life, we should value life. That's right. right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Um, so that's point one. Point one is uh, um, know that God is the author of life. Point two is remember the golden rule. What's the golden rule? Um, is that give me all of your money and I'll keep it? <laughs> Only if you want to be treated that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you come up to a, a thief and they're like like holding you up at gunpoint, trying to steal from you. It's like, hey, are you doing the golden rule? He's like, hey, I welcome anyone <laughs> to come and steal from me. <laughs> right. Um, no, yeah, the golden rule is, uh, you know, do unto others as you have them do unto you in proper King James fashion. Yes. Because, yeah, sometimes they'll stick with you, you know. <laughs> Which I find it funny. Um, uh, the more I learned what the Bible has to say, the more I realize a lot of our sayings in society come from the Bible. Yeah, okay. And this is one of them where it's like, the golden rule, the golden rule. It's like, you got that from the Bible. Right. Stop. Right. Stop, <laughs> Stop uh, appropriating Christianity. That's my culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. um, anyways, uh, we move through this one pretty quick because uh, mm. it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but one note that I had is, ironically, all pro-choice people only have the ability to be pro-choice because their mother was pro-life. That's right. I just find that very ironic. There, there are no um, aborted babies who are pro-choice. That's right. Because they can't. That's so, right. Um, yeah, there's, there's no life, right? And, right. and I think, uh, you know, and, and Lee did point out that, you know, the golden rule uh, does need to apply to unborn children, mm-hmm. you know, just like the rest of us. But I think, uh, you know, the golden rule can be misconstrued, um, you know, from the pro-choice side to be, hey, uh, I want to be left alone in my life and I don't want oh, yeah. the government mm-hmm. involved in my health care decisions mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, the more the sort of libertarian kind of aspect of, of their <coughs> argument is, hey, I'm not doing anything to hurt you. None of this is your business at all. So just leave me alone uh, with my stuff, and I'm going to leave you yeah, alone with your stuff. It's like I'm I'm not going to push for the government to have a moral stance on anything because I don't want the government to enforce on me a moral stance. Right. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but more at an individual level, even. Yeah, even further down than that. Yeah. I'm not going to get into your business. You don't get into my right. business. And yeah. for them, that would include... Uh, abortion and mm-hmm. and uh, murdering their unborn children. Yeah. And generally speaking, I agree with that um, in the sense of like, yeah. from a libertarian standpoint, I'm not going to get into your business. You're not going to get into my business. Uh, the difference, and, and this is where like people are like, hey, don't get political about this. Like abortion is a political topic. Church shouldn't be talking about it. Uh, you know, Christians shouldn't be talking about it. No one should be talking about it. It's political. Um, the difference being like, like where... Where politics begins and theology begins and where they meet is when justice is an issue, mm-hmm. I believe. So, like, like abortion would be a purely political issue um, if it didn't 
intercede with the killing of innocent babies. Right. Because now it's a justice issue. It's not a political mm-hmm. issue for us. It's a justice issue. Yep. And God calls us to uphold justice. Mm-hmm. And God calls government to uphold justice. And um, uh, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself on the voting aspect. Uh, back in the day, you didn't vote. Right, like it's like whoever was king or whoever was emperor or emperor or Caesar or whatever, and you were just kind of, you know, at their at their uh, whim. But we can vote now, and our vote moves. Our our vote is us trying to move the needle towards justice, mm-hmm. right? And so, whatever issue it may be, I think. Uh, at what point should the church get involved in politics whenever there's a clear injustice going on within yeah. that that topic? Uh, taxes? Should the church have a, a, a say in it? I don't know. Um, individually, for sure, have say. Yeah. Taxes are theft. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, unless you can clearly point out how this is benefiting the... Okay, no, okay. Um Almost so, slipped into that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's not as much of an injustice issue going on there as abortion. So if you're a person that's like, why is the church even talking about politics? It's because we don't believe this is a political issue. We believe this is a justice issue. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't remember how I got on that subject. Um, oh, the the doing to others as, yes. as you have them yeah. do. Um, that, that's that's what makes this different from a libertarian standpoint. Right. Right. Um, in the same way that. Uh, if I was a libertarian, it's like you do you, do, I do me. That doesn't mean Judah can go, you know, punch other people in the face and kill them. Right, right, right exactly. Uh, which and, he does in his free time. Yeah, and even libertarians but, aren't anarchists, right? Like, right, like right. An- anarchy meaning like a, just a complete absence of government. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to necessarily be that there's chaos and you know mm-hmm. all that. Um, it that's what it would mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, but not necessarily. It would just kind of on the theory level. The government should only do roads, right? nothing else. <laughs> should uh, Libertarians <laughs> would say that government should even do roads. They oh, can't really? even do that, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, let's just privatize all the roads. Yeah, I'll, you know, not to <laughs> get down the rabbit trail, uh, but the toll roads that are like privately owned, they're very nice. Um, yeah. I never ride on them because I don't want to pay for them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll stick to the, the taxpayer uh, roads. Uh, While you're sitting in traffic, man, I sure am sitting on this road for a long time. But uh, no, all all that to say, um, so if we're going just the like the governmental route and and sort of the values uh, that that we have in our founding documents in the United States. Right. um, We get in the Declaration of Independence. Right. Uh, They they stated very, very clearly that each uh, individual has a right to life, liberty and then the pursuit of happiness. Right. Is how. Thomas Jefferson. What is it. an individual? <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so even libertarians, right, would say that you know there is a legitimate um, government can legitimately act when it comes to protecting life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness or property. Mm-hmm. That's what that means um, in a lot of ways. But Who's not it? to get so into John Locke, life, yeah. liberty, and property. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, John Locke uh, and uh, Thomas Jefferson almost copied him word for word. Mm-hmm. But that was back in you know in the day before uh, plagiarism was a big deal uh, and uh, intellectual property. Yeah, the way that you could appropriate somebody else's <laughs> writing and like use it for what 
like recontextualize when, the music. When John Locke was talking about property, he was talking about physical property, not intellectual property. Right. Therefore, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to exegete John Locke. Luckily. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So all that to say, even libertarians would say that protecting life, liberty, and property is is an important function of government. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, even that, so that principle, that sort of libertarian principle, I'll do me, you do you, wouldn't even apply to this. Yeah, it shouldn't anyway, unless Mm -hmm. you want to argue the the liberty for women to have an abortion, right? But life is first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't have liberty if you don't have life. So there you go. Yep. All right, so the second one, remember the golden rule. Number three, act for change. So uh, Lee gives a few different um, practical things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, one is don't be silenced. He kind of went into a whole thing about this at the beginning, yep. uh, about the different ways that we're sil- uh, silenced and how both theologically and philosophically and uh, realistically, they, they don't fully make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't be silenced. Uh, number two is don't condemn or hate others. I think that's an important note. Yeah. Um, and what that doesn't mean is don't agree. Or sorry, what that doesn't mean is agree with others. Uh, what it means is is um, you can disagree and also not hate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's that's tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's hard. That's mm-hmm. straight up hard to do. And um, you know, we because obviously we hate you know that action, we hate that sin and the effect that that has. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at the same time, uh, we don't want to. Right, we're called to love others, mm-hmm. right? And so the way that we approach <coughs> people uh, is important, and mm-hmm. engage them on this is important. So, <clears throat> like uh, uh, Jeff Durbin, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Uh, he's one of the pastors at uh, Apologia Church out in, I think, Arizona or mm-hmm. maybe Utah. Maybe he's moved to Utah. I don't know. And uh, they have this, uh, it's End Abortion Now, I think is what it, the website mm-hmm. is, and like this big ministry that mm-hmm. they do and they teach other churches to do where they'll go uh, take uh, trusted uh, people with them to these uh, abortion mills and clinics, and they'll stand outside and and so you you know in your mind you're thinking okay like what does that look like when they're there right well there's they're not shouting uh, at at these uh, women that are going into these clinics they're not you know uh, throwing things at them or, or anything like that it's hey uh, let's can we talk with you for a minute mm-hmm. and let's and then they share the gospel and mm-hmm. um, it's you know uh, every once in a while on their Facebook page, they'll post, uh, hey, there's another baby that was saved today at this place. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, they're definitely not, you know, uh, at 100%, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's one example, I think, of, um, you know, a good model for how to go about approaching people. Yeah, you know, there's for sure. So there's the one side, you know, the, the picketing kind yeah. of side where it's like, you know, you have signs and screaming as people walk in. You're going to hell. Like yeah. God, God hates you. Right. Blah blah blah. Like obviously, that's not a good way to approach it. Correct. Yeah. Um, there, there's this balance, uh, and the Bible presents this balance of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can't remove the truth because then you're not holding people to their sin mm-hmm. and their accountability in life and, and what God wants. But then there's the grace of uh, if you don't have that, then now you turn into a Pharisee, yeah. um, where you're just trying to force people and into acting accordingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's that grace and truth. And, and you mentioned 
we're called to love. We always go back to this, but First Corinthians 13, I think is just such a great definition of love and how we should operate. Mm-hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable. I think all those are good on how we should go into the conversation mm-hmm. of um, keeping the mindset of I'm trying to be kind to this person. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to be boastful. But then here's the truth part and does not keep a... Sorry. And does not keep a record of wrongs. I forgot that one. Here's where it goes into the truth part. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Mm-hmm. And so it's that it's that holding two things in tandem with each other. Two things can be true at once, as Ben Shapiro always says. Uh, you can disagree with someone and try to hold them to the truth and at the same time love them. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And it's not easy to do that. No, no. It's, no. It can be tricky. No. But yep. we're called to. We're called to. Uh, so that's the second thing you can do is uh, not condemn or hate others. Uh, third, um, and that one is especially goes to, as we talked about earlier, those who have dealt with this in their past. Yeah. Like if uh, I've talked to people who've had abortions, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, what good is it going to do if I just like beat them up about everything they did wrong? Yeah. Right. Like this, like they're, they're already like repentant about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not going to do any good. Like they already know what they did. Um, All we can do is like, okay, how can we heal from this and and walk and continue to walk in repentance and give to God and accept forgiveness and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's that spectrum that you're talking about, right? There's some people that have, have, they have that in their past, right? And they've repented of it and God is, is gracious and, and merciful to forgive them of that, mm-hmm. which is great. It's you know, but what about what about the other side where they have uh, you know abortion parties? Like, oh, I yeah. had an abortion this morning. Completely great. different. Let's, uh, let's have a here. We have our cake and yeah, uh, all my friends are here and we're gonna drink and have a great time and you know, sort of a thing. Yeah, that's where you might have to lean a little bit more into the truth yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. aspect of it. Um, you know, if you have the grace and truth, uh, if you have someone who has already accepted the truth and is repentant. Then, then now that they should receive grace, yeah. right? And if you got someone who doesn't even recognize the truth, you should still have grace, but you should lean a little bit more into the truth of like, mm-hmm. you recognize what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the that video that Lee showed with the abortion doctor who said he's done 10,000 abortions, which is mind-boggling, mm-hmm. like, number. Um, uh, at that point, uh, I don't... They, they, they may be so hardened to, to the concept that... Mm-hmm. That I don't I don't know how you would get to them, but at that point, yeah, you have to lean a little bit heavier yeah, <laughs> into yeah. the truth. Uh, again, not condemnation and hate. Uh, again, there's we're never called to move into that realm, right. but there are times that Jesus gets a little stern, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah that's right. um, and he does so lovingly, mm-hmm. um, not from a place of uh, I was going to say anger. It might be from a place of righteous anger, um, but certainly not from a place of self-seeking anger. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. like we tend to do. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and that's where the gospel comes in, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, God can change anybody, mm-hmm. right? Even somebody who's performed 10,000 or even, let's say, 100,000 uh, abortions. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's like an attainable number or, you know, in somebody's lifetime. They've got their goal. Not, but yeah. yeah they, they may have it on the, like the thermometer. Yeah, the quota. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Um, but, so, some dark humor yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, but, but let's just say, you yeah. know, there's, uh, and, and there's been abortionists that, you know, have uh, uh, responded to the gospel and uh, God has saved them and changed them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and now they, they do the opposite, right? They go around talking about how, like, no, like, this uh, abortion uh, shouldn't be lawful uh, mm-hmm. to do. And 
who would know better than me? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a thing. And and so I think um, you know, and, and I thought I do think at the same time this is where you know the the politics of it can muddy the waters a lot because we we don't want to you know get so wrapped up in the politics and like try to convince others that you know we're right uh, on the one hand to where like that's the end goal because mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. right the the goal and and the way that you really get there anyway is by the gospel mm-hmm. so uh, a gospel presentation to somebody that is uh, that has done 10,000 abortions right um, they may uh, be converted they might not right but the ones that that are right then that's how you get to that that level mm-hmm. i think of uh, of change and mm-hmm. and changing their minds and and uh, having having their hearts changed right mm-hmm. uh, you get this reversal yeah. um, that you know is frankly evident in all of our lives from you know when we uh, before we were saved to mm-hmm. to now right yeah which is why uh, you know uh, when Jesus was there there's prophecy about Jesus that uh, you didn't hear him uh, shouting in the streets mm-hmm. uh, referencing like he wasn't you know, like a political activist trying to like stir up a rebellion right. and all that. Uh, his his um, ministry was much more relationships, mm-hmm. person to person. Legislation is good, yeah. but legislation doesn't replace heart change. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. And, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't prevail in, in the legislature, for yeah, example, yeah. or no. we shouldn't prevail it's just not at the, the end Supreme goal. Court. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Because I think that is an important protection, right? Mm-hmm. But the end goal isn't to, hey, that guy's a Democrat. I'm going to help make him see the light, and he'll be a Republican. <laughs> yeah. And, hey, that's a win. Republican yeah. is the goal. Right, right, right. That's what that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Um, well, Speaking as, of that. Speaking of that, um, number three was vote. Um, and how you can act for change. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, you do have a vote. Um, whether or not you believe that vote means anything, <laughs> I guess, is up to you and your own personal uh, convictions. Uh, but uh, voting is important. Um, this topic is important. Um, enough so that a lot of people, like they're single-issue voters. Oh, yeah. if, if you're not on board with this, you're not getting my vote, no matter how great the rest of your policy is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that only works so if you know the the views of who you're voting for. Mm-hmm. If you go to vote, don't just don't just vote for who you saw on the TV the most and who you can like see yourself going and grabbing a drink with. Right. <laughs> um, uh, like be an educated voter. I would I would go far enough to say if you are not an educated voter, you should, probably shouldn't vote um, yeah. because you could be doing more harm than good. Yeah. If you and, don't and not mean to. Yeah, not mean to. Um, but uh, just because someone has an R by their name or D by their name. Yeah. Uh, doesn't it's not the end all be all you know look into what they believe yeah. when i go to vote um uh you know you, you vote for you know the president and mm-hmm. all that and then you have all the, like the local stuff there's a lot of local names i don't know who it is yeah. um I, I don't know anything about these people and i just won't vote on those yeah um you know you know roast me in the comments if you if you want to but i'm just not going to make an uneducated dis- decision and vote for someone just because a name is on a yeah, ballot. Yeah, and the uh, if you look at the election returns and the numbers, I think m- the vast majority of people take that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see, oh, X amount of thousands of people voted for Trump or voted for Biden in 2020 um, in Tarrant and Parker counties here, right? It's broken down by county. But, mm-hmm. And then you get down to those local elections, and it's usually, I mean, it could be in the hundreds mm-hmm. uh, even versus the 
tens, hundreds of thousands of people that vote, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the presidential uh, elections. And part of it is uh, it's hard to to really know anything about more local. Yeah, you have to re- you have to do you have to try research. Yeah, yeah. it's not like. You know the ads are coming on the radio, yeah, <laughs> or, uh, flashing across the TV screen. A lot of times you may not even know what the different votes are. <laughs> right, right. Uh, like yeah. what even is that office? I've never yeah, heard right. of that. Uh, yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, there's been times where you know I I might like a particular candidate, and then it's like okay, uh, I, yeah, I like what they're saying all about these things. Then let's get to the abortion issue, and it's you know, pro, pro-choice pro or pro-life, but there's, you know, not absolutely pro-life. And mm-hmm. um, and so it's like, well, uh, oh, well, it would have been nice. I would have mm-hmm. loved to have voted for that person. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a criteria that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, you know, which makes uh, some of the, uh, even the, you know, current, uh, the election that's coming up, right? There's not a perfect... <laughs> There's not a perfect choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but... Yeah, I'm sure Trump, we'll, we'll... Trump's a bit of a knucklehead, we'll, we'll, even. I'm sure we'll talk plenty about it yeah. uh, as this year goes on. Yeah, we will. All right, yeah, so vote. Uh, number four on how you can act for changes, participate. Um, be part of uh, the local... Not, not just looking for, like, legislation change, but, like, how locally are people moving towards mm-hmm. this this goal? Um, you got the Eagle Mountain Pregnancy Help Center um, that obviously uh, needs help, um, not only, like, financially, but uh, in resources and people for like, counseling and teaching and, and stuff like that. So looking for ways that you can participate in in things locally. And then pray. Um, yeah, pray for change. Pray for the hearts of... Um, legislators as they move uh, uh, as they come across these issues pray for the hearts of uh, young girls older girls um, contemplating these issues here's a here's one pray for the hearts of the baby daddies mm-hmm. um, that they would take part in this um, I think that's certainly not all of it but I think that's a big reason sometimes uh, women consider this is because Whoever got them pregnant is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Is not interested in not um, uh, taking responsibility to be a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, men, God, do your part, man. Um, so pray for the hearts of men. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? It, um, it it seems like you know, like God knows what He's doing mm-hmm. um, on. Uh, in his uh, instructions to us in his word. Um, so, you know, even back to Genesis uh, chapter two, we have uh, a- uh, Adam, you know, he-, he causes Adam to go into a deep sleep. He takes a rib, forms Eve, and then comes and brings her to Adam, apparently when he's woken up. Or, and, uh, you know, he basically sings a song. Yep. Uh, he's so happy and pulls um, out the guitar. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, yes, at last. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, And this is where, like, the foundations and for marriage come from. This mm-hmm. is where marriage comes from, mm-hmm. rather. And it's like, okay, this is God's uh, intent and plan for us is marriage, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so, uh, uh, you know, as far as um, having kids, basically, that's mm-hmm. where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like if we'll if we'll <laughs> if we'll be obedient to God's uh, to God's word and, and things like that, then hopefully there would be less of that, mm-hmm. right? That's that's out there. Yeah, in the world. and 
Uh, concept. Uh, and, and this is kind of yeah. bigger than what we're talking about. Yeah, don't, don't want to get too deep into this. Uh, we're running out of time. I've got a timer on me. No. <laughs> um, uh, but I think one thing that our culture is going to have to fix um, in their mindset is kids are not a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. Kids are hard. Um, I've never been more mad in my life than at my kids. Um, but I've also never been more happy in my life than with my kids. Yeah. Uh, and so kids are difficult, but they're also such a blessing. And I think our culture sees kids as such a burden mm-hmm. and such a, a leech on life that they're willing to just sacrifice them so they don't have to deal with them. And I think we got to get past that. Yeah, um, That kids are hard, but kids are a blessing. And uh, kids are good. Women, careers are good. Kids are better. Yeah. Um, like, you're not going to sit on your deathbed, like, looking at your achievement on how you became assistant regional manager. Um, <laughs> assistant uh, to the regional yeah. manager. <laughs> um, you're you're going to – people on their deathbed are going to be most satisfied when they're surrounded by their family. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. Anyways, not really have anything to do with this. But that's uh, the pro-life sermon. Uh, celebrating the God of life. Uh, three things to remember, or three things to think about. I do, I don't know. Uh, know that God is the author of life. Uh, remember the golden rule and act for change. Mm-hmm. All right, good. Judah, you got anything? Nope. All right. Let's move into the bad doctrine of the week. It's the bad doctrine of the week. All right, here we go. Bad doctrine of the week. This is a fun one. Let's just let's just roll the clip. All right, Judah, pull it up. <laughs> yeah. Talks to Mary. Check this out. Oh wait. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Pause the clip. Mary was. Sorry. L- let me get some context to what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this uh, this uh, a pastor, I assume, it's a pastor of his church, is preaching, and he pulls out. Um, is there a name for it? Is it just called the Gen Z Bible? Uh, I don't know. Do you know? I think it's just Gen Z Just Bible. Gen Z Bible. So uh, someone out there, maybe AI, I don't know who, uh, created a translation of the Bible called the Gen Z Bible and put it into Gen Z language. Um, Judah, what's a few Gen Z terms, just so our, our listeners can know? Uh, lit. Lit. Yeah. Like lit, and that means good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like back in the day, we used to say cool. I still say cool all the time. My kids say cool because I say cool. Um, the gospel by Gen Z. The gospel by Gen Z. Um, anyways, so it's a translation of that. So uh, this pastor is going to read an excerpt of when Mary uh, or when Gabriel talks to Mary and re- reveals to Mary that she's going to bear the Son of God, right? Mm. This is the Gen Z translation. Okay, now play it. Talks to Mary. Check this out. Mary was a pick-me girl for God and was simping for him in prayer when the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, Ayo, you're a real one and the top G is feeling you. But she thought his compliment was sus and gave him the side eye. So he said, so he said, baby girl, chill. God sent me to tell you you've passed his vibe check. And low-key, he wants you to have the main character. You'd name him Jesus, and they will all say, he's him. She said, how can this be since I promised him my body count will always be zero? Respectfully. He said, this ain't about cuffing season, for the Holy Spirit will live rent free in you, and your boy Jesus will be a divine bro. Beside, 
Your cousin Elizabeth is with child. She who is already older than a boomer and whose husband is way past beekeeping age. So Mary said, bet. Gabriel left her on red and she let the Holy Spirit cook. Okay. <laughs> um, I have some thoughts. What are your initial thoughts? Judah, you can pipe in too anytime you want. I like to hear Judah's thoughts first on this. Uh, I have no idea what half those words mean. Uh, yeah. As the resident Gen Zer, <laughs> you should have the most thoughts on this. Um, I did understand a lot of it, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was, um, uh, it was real. Yeah, he's <laughs> keeping it real. He's keeping it real. Yeah. Uh, I think it helps to like know the actual, like the story. Yeah, <laughs> having read it a few times, uh-huh. you know, um, that helps with the uh, with knowing. What in the world we just listened to? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, do you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're speechless, man. <laughs> it seems like there are, you know, this. There's this one, the Gospel by Gen Z. There's uh, the Pirate Bible translation. Yeah. Have you seen that one? That AI somebody did, yeah. did mm-hmm. with AI and. Um, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hawaiian pigeon. Hawaiian pigeon. Yeah. The message. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the passion translation. Uh, the, the passion. Um, anyways, your th- oh, you, you, you you had a thought. Um, yeah, I think this is bad doctrine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just say yeah. that up front, and and I mean, uh, it, it probably depends on. You know, like how you're going to go about using this. Like, mm-hmm. is anybody like? Let's go take the pirate Bible translation. Yeah. Is anybody actually going to use that as like a study Bible? Right. Yeah. Hopefully, not. or even a reading Bible. Right. Um, yeah. Ninety nine percent people are just going to pull it up, have a laugh, and then move on with yeah. their life. Right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Actually, you know what? The the pirate translation one that was actually funded by uh, uh, the Mormon Church. Y'all didn't really? Know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, and so uh, I think whenever you ordered one, um, <laughs> your name went on the Mormon Church list to like oh. be contacted uh, and stuff. And so, anyways, interesting, interesting. Who's funding the Gen Z Bible? Oh, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> anyways, it's a great question. Uh, as you were uh, saying, but yeah, that matters. Uh, that matters yeah. as far yeah. as uh, translations go. Is mm-hmm. who's actually doing the translating? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I think um, you know, and it's—I uh, don't know if I would have read it at church, uh, like from the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, I'd be but. curious. Uh, which, of course, yeah, this is a sixty-second clip. We, we don't know what he was right. preaching on. You know, was he? Certainly, he wasn't using this as an actual like. Let's go to the word. Right. Um, clearly, it was a, a for illustrative purposes. Um, yeah. So, so I have two concerns with this. Um, so one. On one side, it's the actual, um, the actual accuracy yeah. of it. Um, I think is a obviously a problem. Um, again, no one should ever go to this Bible for studying purposes. Right. Um, even good translations, I wouldn't go to for studying purposes. Like the the New Living Translation, I think is a great translation. Um, it's a little bit more thought for thought, meaning they're doing a little bit of the interpreting for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's great for reading. Um, like, like if you just want to like sit down and read the Bible um, as a story, uh, I think New Living Translation is great. If I was to sit down and study, 
I wouldn't use the New Living mm-hmm. Translation. Um, I would go for more of a, a word for word, like the ESV or uh, the NASB. Um, CSB, it's okay yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, uh, but I certainly wouldn't use it for studying because then you have certainly, uh, we, let's be real, this isn't a translation. Right. Um, right. Th- this is more of a, like a cheeky um, interpretive joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, and no one should actually go there for for actual study and similar to like the message. I jokingly said the message earlier in this, in these categories, but the message is a glorified commentary yeah. really is what it is. It's not, it doesn't make it bad. Right. It's just, you, you need to know what it is going into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as the accuracy aspect, um, I have a lot of concern uh, with the Gen Z one. Cause it uses like words like, you know, like you pass God's vibe check and, um, uh, she was simping for God. And those, correct me if I'm wrong, Judah, uh, as our resident Gen Zer, those are like more like romantic terms, right? Uh, the vibe check, not really. Oh, really? So I've always heard vibe check as in like, you know, if you're looking to date someone and you vibe with them, then... Yeah, then but sh- it could yeah. also be just more like a friendly... Okay, all right. So fair. Okay, simping? Yeah, that's more... I'm simping for a someone because i like them yeah uh and like obviously uh you know uh mary followed after god there's obviously that aspect but was she doing it romantically (laughs) i hope not (laughs) it brings up this whole other you know we've talked about before that jesus is my boyfriend mentality yeah uh it's like "Mm, no no no, i don't think so so that's one of those things where i think you're actually starting to get into like a little bit misconstruing the word of God uh, whenever you're like, oh, she was simping after God. It's like, haha, it's funny. And, and there's like the joke side of me is like, this is hilarious. Yeah, uh, the, right. the, the joke side of me thinks it's hilarious. But then like the other side of me is like, uh, you're mo- in your, in, in wanting to be funny, you're starting to move into heresy. Right, right. <laughs> um, What's well, kind of like, you know, you, you can get. It almost sounds a little Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Where you know Mary is uh, is elevated, and you know <coughs> she's the sort of the queen of heaven, anyways. Mm-hmm. And well, how do you figure that? Well, if God's the king, then she's the queen, mm-hmm. and you know there's more to that relationship uh, for them than you know we get from scripture, yeah. and um, and so uh, it's that's what it kind of mm-hmm. sounds like to me a little bit, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure about that. But yeah. I don't think so. So, so that's one concern I have with it is mm-hmm. the accuracy of it. The, the slightly bigger concern that I have is the, um, uh, how does God view this? Um, I, I don't think God's stiff necked and like, like, a, you know, just a cranky old man, uh, trying to get everyone off his lawn. Um, so there's, there's the aspect that I think God does have a sense of humor, but then also God is holy and God is the creator of the universe. And, and the Bible oftentimes says that we should have a fear and a reverence of him. And I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I, I don't know the answer. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. How does God view this? Is God like up there laughing? Like, man, that's, that's a good one, guys. Yeah. Like, like y'all, y'all took, y'all took the Bible and y'all made it kind of funny. Like, like, uh, is he thinking that or is he up there like, 
guys, do y'all not realize who I am? And y'all are like making the word of God a joke. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What What do you think? Um, I would tend to be more on that side of it. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Mike, I think God, I do think God has a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you have to do is watch videos of people doing funny things on the internet. And it's like, God made that guy. <laughs> and like, I wonder, like, I, I've thought this before. It's like, I wonder if God thinks that this is funny, like mm-hmm. what this guy's doing. And it's like, just being goofy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, but I, I tend to think, especially with his word, mm-hmm. um, and you also have to think of, you know, the, you know, w- what message is this communicating mm-hmm. at the same time? And I think there's a couple of things uh, that, that may be being communicated by uh, a Gen Z gospel or, you know, some of these others. <clears throat> and um, I think, you know, there's been more of an emphasis and more attention paid to the different generations, especially in the past, what, 20 years or so? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we got the boomers, yeah. we got, uh, you know, we the Gen X, there's Gen Y, millennials, now we have Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's Gen Alpha even right. coming up already. Yeah, Gen Alpha yeah. is starting to, is they're born or being born now and all that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's this sort of, you know, this more, we have a greater awareness of this generational gap that exists, right? And so with a, a Gen Z Bible, like let's say that we were going to take it seriously. Well, first off, uh, it would be hard for everybody to understand. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Uh, you know, and that's not the point yeah. right, of God's uh, word. It's to be readily understood. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of us have kind of moved away from the King James Version mm-hmm. is because you almost have to be able to sit there and translate it mm-hmm. uh, as you're reading it. I mean, there's some passages where it's like, I would challenge anybody to tell me what that means. And mm-hmm. They'd probably have a hard time doing it. Um, and so, you know, why why do we even need these updated translations like NIV, New King James, CSB, uh, NASB, some of those? It's like, well, so we can actually understand what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Right? And if only one generation out of all of the generations that are still here can understand what in the world that this is saying – you know, what is that driving just bigger wedges between the generations Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I think that's far from biblical. And that's assuming that's their goal. Right. Is their goal to even get people to actually understand the Bible more? Or is the goal for it to be funny? funny? You're right. Uh, Right. And they would probably piously say, no, we're trying to reach them. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, okay. It's like, but does anybody, I mean, and you have to ask the question too, does anybody really like, scrambled their mind so much that they talk exclusively like this? Hopefully not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um. Um, <laughs> I know I know a couple of people that talk like this. Right? Exactly like that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so maybe this is made for them. Maybe I don't know. hit them over the head and they'll revert to factory settings and <laughs> yeah. like, they can understand normal yeah. English. And, that's yeah. funny that you say that because that's like a, a slang now. Return to factory settings. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. what, is that, what does that mean? Uh, just, to, just like um, if somebody's acting weird, like yeah, off normal, yeah, of like gender norms. It's normally typically for gender norms. It's like you need to factor oh, reset them. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Well, in this case, with language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you let us know what you think, uh, man. The, no judgment, because I, tr- truly, I don't know. I, I don't know how God is up there viewing this, um, and it's going to be a question I have for Him. Uh, like, do you think that this is 
this is funny. It's a good thing. It may reach uh, some some younger people. Or do you think maybe God's word should be off limits in terms of making it a joke? Mm-hmm. Um, you let us know what you think. Judy, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed. And uh, let us know if you have a bad doctrine for next week. Oh, man, we got some bad doctrines in the pipeline oh. that are like wild. <laughs> you think this is wild? Buckle up. Yeah, man. I, I got I got plenty of them. Anyways, we're glad they all joined us today. We'll see you all next week.